Welcome to day 79 of Shaped by the Word, season 2, the drama of Scripture. Uh, we find ourselves in the book of Exodus, and we're taking you from Exodus chapter 15 to Exodus chapter 19. Uh, we are missing, you know, some nice pieces of the story, but as we've selected readings from the Scripture to highlight the narrative flow of Scripture, uh, we've given you 260 readings and 30 verses, you know, a day, and so we are having to be a little bit selective. So we move from 16 to 19. I encourage you to you know read behind the scenes and as well. But as we move to 19, let's do as we always do. Let's uh, offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord. Uh, Katie, you mind lifting us up? Not at all. Father, thank you for bringing us here um, to this moment that we're in right now. Um, and know that um, us four, we are just sitting here around a table, but um, that there are people listening who are um, busy about their day, who are um, listening to this while they're doing dishes or driving to work, and um, whatever it is that they may be doing, Lord, I just ask that we, you would focus our hearts and focus our minds, um, that you would meet us where we are, and that we would remember that um, no moment is too mundane to be a holy moment when, when you meet us. Um, when you reveal your heart to us in your word, by your spirit. And so, God, we pray that you would do just that, and that as we read about the covenant you made with your people, Israel, um, on Mount Sinai, God, that we would be encouraged by it, that we would be changed by it, we would be pointed to the covenant you've made with us um, in Jesus on the cross. And so um, we just ask that you would continue to show us yourself. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And as Kitty mentioned, the four of us around the table happen to be Paul Kemp here with David Keefe, uh, Matt Kresge, and Katie uh, Kresge. And um, Katie, you've, you've broke my heart that people do not stop everything they're doing the moment this podcast comes on and are in rapt attention uh, and worship before the Lord uh, in those moments. But for those of you who are washing dishes, here we are, Exodus 19, beginning in verse 1. And we're going to lead you through a couple of sections of 19 and then the first part of chapter 20. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day they came to the desert of Sinai. After they had set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations of the earth you'll be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you speak to the Israelites. And then we pick up in verse 16. On the morning of the third day there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord ascended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain, so Moses went up. And the Lord said to him, Go down and warn the people so that they do not force their way through to see the Lord, and many of them may perish. Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves, or the Lord will break out against them. And then to chapter 20. 
And God spoke all these words. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless and misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day, keeping holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you, nor your son, or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servants, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke that trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of, the God, for the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. People remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So you have here a very, a very tender moment when God brings his people to himself and what a wonderful image where he said i've mm-hmm. carried you on eagle's wings to bring you to myself and of course you also have a very fearful moment as you see the majesty of the lord in the in the fire and in the smoke mm-hmm. and uh, his very presence is a presence is overwhelming you know to the people as they even come to the base of the mountain mm-hmm. Yeah, the just the power of the smoke. I've never really taken it in. Just, I mean, the, in verse 18, the smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. And then the sound of a trumpet growing louder and louder. I mean, that's an intense moment of God's presence. Like, that would cause anybody to, to fall down onto the ground in fear. Yeah, and of course, you have two, you know, wonderful aspects of you know who God is. You know, He is He is one who is gentle, and merciful, uh, you know, and compassionate. And of course, that's the way He reveals Himself. But He also is one uh, who is holy and majestic, and 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 to be greatly respected for who He is and for everything that He stands for. So you have the holiness of God and the tenderness of God, you know, combined in this moment. Man, it, it is a. It is a beautiful moment, and a lot of times we will gravitate, you know, to one aspect of God's character. Uh, many, you know, hang out with judgment, never understanding His grace and mercy, and many, you know, are so deeply attached to grace and mercy they don't understand the seriousness. And, and of course, He captures this in a beautiful, you know, sentence. Uh, he, is, he is doing this so you'll know the fear of the Lord, and you will not sin, mm-hmm. you know, against mm-hmm. Him. Mm. You have to love to the images. Um, in, in chapter 19, it says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
you know, and hearing those kind of identity statements on what God has rescued Israel out to be as this treasured possession, you know, this kingdom of priests and this holy nation. And then, you know, when we get fast forward to the New Testament, we find Peter taking these same images and Mm -hmm. applying them to the new covenant people of God, you know, Mm -hmm. that that this is how God views us. Uh, It's not, you know, you just have to love, like God's not just setting people apart saying, ah, well, yeah, trying to figure this out. I don't even know what I want you to do. I mean, he's he's purposeful, um, but he transforms identities. That's been something that we've been talking about in women's development quite a bit is that when he, when he created man, Adam and Eve, I mean, he said, I want you to rule the earth. I want you to subdue it, multiply. Mm-hmm. And that was his, um, they were made in his image and his image. So they were going to be his image bearers on the earth and they were to multiply so that his presence would be known on all over the earth. And so that's an identity that is being reinstated here as well, reminded, reminding the people that their identity is still to be his image bearers and to be his kingdom of priests among the earth um, as they as they multiply. So I think that's a really neat. It's it's for me like personally, it's um, important for me to see that this has been the same since the beginning, and God is just continuing to remind His people um, that this is their identity and this is their mission that He's given them. Another cool piece to that is even before He calls them to you know obey, keep My covenant, be this kingdom of priests, He reminds them of the good news of their salvation that preceded that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same with the Ten Commandments before this kind of call to covenant faithfulness. You know, the Lord is reminding them of who he is and what he's done for them. Not, I'll do these things if you do these things, sure. but I've done these things. The, the, I have saved you. Therefore, let me call you to, to be these people, but also to live in this way. And yeah. and how that as well has been. It's the same for us, right? That we're responding out of the great salvation the Lord secured on our behalf, not in the hopes of achieving it, but because it's been done for us. No, <clears throat> a foundational mistake we make is to think of the old testament as purely a you know a covenant of works and the new testament you know is purely a covenant of grace mm-hmm. all of god's covenants are covenants of grace where yeah. he meets us with his pleasure and with his blessing and calls us to respond in faithfulness uh in faithfulness to him and, and of course there's an emphasis there that is very important for us to you know keep in mind as well uh, it is a great uh, privilege to be a people of god to be his treasured possession and to know his blessings. But there's also a great responsibility to be the people of God that we do reflect his heart and character. And of course, that's what he means by a kingdom of of priests. Uh, I want you to represent me to the rest of the nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you're living out of that privilege into that responsibility of reflecting my glory and my character to the rest of the nations so that there's a compelling portrait of who I am in the nations simply from the outside looking in or drawn to the grace, mm-hmm. uh, the majesty, and the power of this God by observing his people. And, of course, that's the call of the church as well. And it does go back to the garden. We were created to be a reflection to him. Um, and to spread his goodness and his glory throughout the earth till we get to the point where the prophet said, of course, the glory of the Lord, Lord covers the earth as the oceans you know, cover. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know, with that in mind, that that's the, really the only way we can begin to interpret the Ten Commandments in light of what God's intending to do is he's not just setting up you know, here's some some laws, and, and go, but it's a father speaking to his firstborn son, right? He calls Israel his firstborn son, who he's rescued out of Egypt, and he says, "I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery." 
now here is the kind of people you know that I've called you to be here here's these things that should characterize you know my people and and then he begins to go on this list of these ten commandments yeah absolutely and of course uh, with three minutes left Matt moves us toward the ten commandments which we almost forgot which is a big part of this yeah. <clears throat> big part of this reading and, and the ten commandments are kind of the preamble uh, you know to the rest of the you know the covenant or the heart of the covenant Mm-hmm. And of course, you'll have you know the teachers of the law asking you know Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. And then he quickly adds, and the second is like it: love your neighbors yourself. And Jesus tells us all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Everything else is commentary. So the law that you will see afterwards will flow out of these uh, big, substantial calls to honor God for who he is and to live with others in a way uh, you know that promotes peace and welfare of those around you to love your neighbor as yourself so you have two tables of the commands one has to do with honoring God with everything you are the other one it has to do with honoring neighbor and honoring the people around you and of course that is the heart of everything God would teach us so mm. everything you see from here on out and, and we won't read much of the law we will read mm-hmm. you know some of it but every bit of it will be commentary on how to mm-hmm. better love god or how to better love neighbor mm-hmm. it's a holy god um, who has chosen these people this unholy people it's an unholy people with an un- with a holy god almost an unholy that would have been heretical <laughs> um and so we see such a huge contrast there with just um, the fear of the Lord, but also a God who is calling and leading his unholy people to walk in holiness um, by his grace and um, setting them apart for a purpose um, to, to represent him among the nations. It's, it's beautiful when you see it, like when you kind of step back and see the bigger picture instead of getting so focused on the minutia of this and that, which it's good to study the details as well. But I think for me, just this past year, like stepping back and just seeing um, the grace that is um, that is displayed when you see a holy God leading his unholy people um, to just grow in holiness. And, and of course, that's at the heart of the way that we teach here. We want you to see the bigger picture uh, so that the details become very meaningful. Sometimes you can get caught up in the details and, and completely miss the heart and character of God and what he is calling us to do. So we can be people who are tedious, you know, like the Pharisees, and keeping you know, the smallest parts of the law and completely missing the heart of God. But the more we see the heart of God, uh, the more we joyfully give over the smallest parts of our lives Absolutely. to him as he leads us into holiness of character. And holiness of character is not tedious law-keeping. It's loving God and, and loving neighbor. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, we do thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the beautiful story that you've invited us into uh, and how you are a great God who has redeemed and, and rescued and taken the people to, to be your own and how you've called us to live in such a way um, before you and before one another and even before the nations, um, that, that we could be looked upon and that your heart and your character would be seen. And we know that in, in that task, it seems so impossible at times. And so we thank you so much that you are with us, that even today you've given us your, your spirit who, who is at work in our lives to transform us and to mold us into 
the, the image and likeness of your son. And so help us to be uh, your people here in this time, in this place, uh, for your glory and for our joy. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.